0: Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. So I'll offer a few words, and then um, we can have a conversation, community conversation, and uh, hopefully there will be Uh, it will be supportive and that you'll have something to say as well, both people here in the monastery and people online, Um, because this is a time for community. I wanted to talk tonight about refuge. A number of my friends and colleagues have been talking about refuge lately and uh, it just seems like um, an important topic to, to explore. Is, we're barraged by intense headlines almost constantly. And for many, it's, it's too much. Some are trying to keep their heart open to all the suffering in the news and besides whatever is in your own life. Others are trying to monitor how much they can take in. Others are extremely limiting in their news intake. And I want to acknowledge that we, most of us uh, on this call, not all of us, are very, um, very privileged in that we can monitor our news intake, but if you're in Israel, or you're in Gaza, you can't turn off the news. If you're in the Ukraine, or Sudan, or Myanmar, or so many places, Around the world, you can't just monitor your news intake. You're living it, and so I want to, um, yeah, acknowledge that and honor. Uh, for many, uh, this is not simply a matter of how much you take in, because uh, you're living in it, and I in recent weeks have been all all too um, more aware, not too more aware, but becoming more aware. Uh, Just trying to understand those who are living through this. Um, Right now I'm talking about the Mid-East situation. Um, And just realizing how how privileged I am to be able to monitor. Now, so I'm mainly sharing this talk for most of the people online, but uh, but if there are others who are um, who are living it, I, I'd love to hear from them as well. Um, you know, we don't want to be overwhelmed. With dysregulating information, we want to be wise in how much we can take in, and we don't want to attach uh, detach, I should say, from um, connection to uh, to the world. And I was thinking of Thich Nhat Hanh's precept in one of his 14 mindfulness trainings. One precept is do not avoid suffering. And I'll read the precept, at least one one translation. To come home to ourselves to recognize, accept, embrace, And listen to our own suffering with the energy of mindfulness, to do our best not to run away from our suffering or cover it up through consumption, but practice conscious breathing and walking to look deeply into the roots of our suffering. Once we have understood our own suffering, we will be able to understand the suffering of others and be committed to finding ways to be with those who suffer so we can help them transform their suffering into compassion peace and joy. Last week I talked uh, about holding different realities. That's one task that we're, uh, I think we're asked to do now, to just see, uh, rather than which side are you on, uh, that we're all in the same side when it comes to needing to learn to work with suffering. And the more we can understand and honor everyone's, um, the more our hearts are open um, to, th- to the whole show. That's a tall order, because first we need to take care of ourselves. Uh, but then perhaps with the aspiration, if not the reality, to open to, to it all. So I wanted to talk about refuge tonight, um, to see, just to look at our practice and see how we can skillfully hold, hold it all—our own and those of of others, uh, near and far. The refuge is a word that's used a lot in the buddhist teaching <clears throat> the three refuges the triple gem of buddha dharma and sangha what is refuge we we long to feel safe and protected and from inner and outer harm, as the the phrase goes. May I be safe and protected from inner and outer harm. When everything seems out of control, where can we find true refuge? And how can the practice help us hold it? All. So refuge, safety, protection, freedom from fear. People come to Spirit Rock and sit retreats. And if you've ever gone to a, a retreat at Spirit Rock or any retreat center, um, it's set up to as much as possible provide a refuge for people for the external conditions, so you can go inside and be with everything. There's supportive community, there's your meals, there's Dharma support, uh, and when... even in those those external conditions then allow us to feel everything that goes on inside. You'd think with all of those external conditions Oh, now I can just relax. But that's not how it works, if you've ever done a retreat. Oh, now I can just enjoy the safety and the protection. No, that helps you go inside and say, whoa, (laughs) look at everything in there. Whoa, there's confusion and doubt. And wanting and anger and hatred and worry and fear and love and compassion and peace and kindness that we access that can hold all of those things but we need to have enough safety and Comfort externally to allow us to then um, develop a powerful mindfulness that can be with it all. And then when people leave at the end of a retreat at Spirit Rock, it, it's almost no matter how your retreat is gone. And you might think, you know, the first few days, what am I doing here? Why don't I sign up for this? And then by the end of the retreat, when you have come to some kind of settledness within yourself, Wow! I'm so different than when I started. And then you have to leave the retreat. And there is this often this feeling of leaving this protected safe refuge dharma refuge going out into samsara again and um it's an adjustment it's a big adjustment as i often say you when i you leave the retreat you might think of yourself as a a, a newborn baby or an infant and just all your armoring is down the armoring that we go through life to Uh, to just function and protect ourselves, and there we are, fresh as a baby, and one moment it's, wow! Isn't it amazing? And then the next it's, wow! This is way too much! And part of that adjustment is um, learning how to function with that heightened sensitivity and learning to protect yourself. create your own refuge. Mm. So I've been speaking to a number of people these days as probably you have, you have, and, um, and people are trying to find that place of, of safety and calm, if not calm, just protection. Uh, where they're they're not dysregulated. Mm. So one thing I'll, I'll mention, just going a little bit more into it, are the three refuges that uh, that the practice um, affords: refuge in the Buddha, refuge in the Dharma, and refuge in the Sangha. Refuge in the Buddha, besides the historical Buddha, which we can be very inspired by, refuge in the Buddha is that Buddha right inside of you. And whether you call it Buddha or the kingdom of heaven within or the still small voice or, um, or the God within, whatever you call it, there is um, a goodness, an expression of the divine coming through you that that is already awake, that is already um, good and pure, that you came into this world with eyes wide open and a sense of wonder and a, a sense of purity um, that we can nurture that goodness within and awaken even more that seed of enlightenment, the bodhicitta, that awakened heart. <clears throat> and when we take refuge in the Buddha within, We're seeing that we have the capacity to hold whatever is here. It might take some training, but we are gifted with that capacity of love, of kindness, of spaciousness, of awareness that can hold it all. So, the key to, for me, taking refuge in the Buddha is taking refuge in the awareness, the pure awareness that is your true nature. As the the Buddha says in the Satipatthana Sutta, the Discourse on Mindfulness, he says there is one direct way, or one most wonderful way, Thich Nhat Hanh says, to overcome sorrow, lamentation, and grief, despair, pain, anxiety and realize the highest happiness, and that is the establishment of mindfulness. We can train ourselves to cultivate this awareness, and this awareness can hold anything. That's the amazing thing. It might not seem that way when we're in the middle of dysregulation, but the power of awareness is um, is mysterious and um, and miraculous. I was uh, with our um, our friends we meet monthly. Um, our friends of uh, my neurodharma group. Um, we met this week on on Monday, and we were talking about beliefs and how to, how to hold, how to hold it all. And one of, uh, one of the members of the group who works with uh, trauma uh, victims a lot, is very skilled, and he was sharing working with uh, an Iranian woman who he's been seeing for a few years now who has been severely traumatized. And um, they were they were doing this work, and she was getting in touch with a lot of dysregulation and um, and she was sharing that, and he said, "Just for a little while, just put aside the beliefs and the stories of what has happened to you and just let yourself feel what's going on inside." And he's very skillful and he guided with her to feel it. And he's been working with her for I think three years, he said, but she never quite got it in the way that she got it. um, Just recently and as she did, it was hard at the beginning, but as he kept on guiding her to put aside the beliefs and just let herself feel the feelings a little at a time, so skillfully, a little at a time. And somehow she was able to do it this time. And when she did, there was a calming, there was a settling, there was um, a kind of sense of wonder. He said, how are you doing now? She said, I'm calm. I'm here and I'm okay. And it was new territory for her. All because she let herself feel a little at a time. Just what she was holding in there. And we usually run away from feeling what we're feeling. But she was able to touch it. And there's something very healing about this power of awareness, where you don't have to fix anything, but just allow and hold, if you can. So this is refuge in the Buddha. Refuge in just the healing power of awareness, to let yourself feel whatever you're feeling. And because if you don't, you're investing a lot of energy into closing your heart. But awareness can hold it all, as I often say, The awareness of fear is not afraid. The awareness of of hatred is not hating. The awareness is just the space that whatever you're feeling can be experienced. And so, little by little, titrating your dukkha, you can't go in beyond what you can handle, awareness in that skillful way, it just tenderizes the heart to open a little bit at a time and allow it to hold it skillfully. And it's important to honor when you're not able to do that because of trauma, because you're in the middle of the dysregulation, because you don't want to go beyond the window of tolerance where you are overwhelmed, but to let yourself know when it's okay to open and when it's okay to close and protect. Because refuge means feeling safe enough to let yourself open to it, and you have to feel safe enough to do that. i uh, heard a poem uh, which I love, and I'm going to share this. It was from a podcast, a beautiful podcast. I want to put it in the chat room do this that was um. It's a podcast of two women, one of whom I, I know well. And there's the, there's the link about um, opening up to it all. My friend Nadine Helm, who translates for me on, um, when I teach in Germany. She and her friend Emma uh, Buggy, I think her name is, who is Israeli. Uh, We're talking about how their heart is breaking and how they're just learning to hold it all. And Nadine um, shared this poem that I'd never heard before by a man named Jeff Foster called, How to Open Your Heart. And this is the poem. Do not try to open your heart now. That would be a subtle movement of aggression towards your immediate embodied experience. Never tell a closed heart, it must be more open. It will shut more tightly to protect itself, feeling your resistance. A heart unfurls only when conditions are right. Your demand for openness invites closure. This is the supreme intelligence of the heart. Instead, bow to the heart in its current state. If it's closed, Let it be closed, sanctify the closure, make it safe, safe even to feel unsafe. Trust that when the heart is ready and not a moment before, it will open like a flower in the warmth of the sun. There is no rush for the heart. Trust the opening and the closing, too, the expansion and the contraction. This is the heart's way of breathing, safe, unsafe, safe, unsafe. The beautiful fragility of being human and all held in the most perfect love. So in in taking refuge in awareness, in trusting that the awareness can hold it all, we have to respect what our capacities are. And know when it's okay to let things in and when it might be too much. But this is taking refuge in the Buddha in our true nature, awareness, that when we skillfully can uh, work with it, uh, can hold it all. Then there's refuge in the Dharma. And one word for Dharma is the truth, the truth of things. It can point to the, the Buddha's teaching, Buddha Dharma, and it can also point to the way things are, the nature of things, the unfolding of things. And when we take refuge in the Dharma, we're taking refuge in knowing the truth, And, of course, the truth is a kind of subjective thing sometimes. All we can know is our truth. But we can get as much information as we can to understand that my truth might be limited in my reality. And the more I can open up to other people's truths and other people's reality. My truth is based on a wider set of facts and information. And that means, particularly as Dharma means the unfolding of reality, um, then It means understanding cause and effect, understanding conditions that lead to other conditions. Because of this, this arises. Because of this, this arises. And so to understand how things come to be, there's a kind of um, power in that, in having uh, being grounded in the facts, but also standing in your truth, if your truth is not based on my side of things, but is based on um, a deeper sense of goodness and wholeness and i'm thinking of the of gandhi's term satyagraha truth force that there's a power in standing in the the force of truth that's not about sides as much as we have our own reality and we need to respect our side and our reality but to take refuge in the dharma as much as possible is seeing the bigger picture of things and seeing that things don't arise without causes. Mm -hmm. And that's been a really important lesson uh, for I think all of us at the same time honoring each person's truth and they say in this situation, each side's internal reality, because everyone is traumatized in this. I was with, speaking with my uh, dear Israeli friends um, this week, and we're, now we're checking in uh, regularly, who I um, just have so much love for and and respect. These are practitioners of thirty. I've known them for thirty plus years. Um, when uh, Michal, my friend Michal, was a cook on a retreat that I taught in Israel in the in the '90s, and um, and we maintained a strong bond with her, her, their whole family. And we were talking, and I was I wanted to listen. I just wanted to hear and understand, and let them know that I wanted to listen. And as I was sharing, as I was listening, and then I was mm, attempting to give a, a, big, uh, a, 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 a picture that included causes and conditions, and, uh, and my friend wasn't ready to, to hear that. And, uh, and she got very triggered. Uh, and um it was the first time we i've experienced that, and we got through it, and we ended up feeling lots of of the love that's there and she you know came came back, but it was so um, illuminating for me how just what was going on inside for her. And this has been an education I've been getting these last few weeks um, as I'm trying to see all internal realities. So, to see causes and conditions and honor our own truth at the same time. And in honoring our own truth, to have great compassion for where we're at not to pretend we are anywhere other than that. And that self-compassion practice is so important. Oh, this is really hard right now. Oh, may I understand that I am not alone in this, that so many people in the world are feeling what I am feeling right right now. And may I hold this with kindness and compassion. And then there's refuge in uh, community, in the Sangha, that it makes such a difference when we're not alone. When we are in community to help us all hold our pain, even if we don't come up with answers, to just be here together is uh, tremendously, it creates a bigger field for us to um, to be able to hold the pain together. Almost every group that I've been in, in these last few weeks, uh, starting out with a kind of tenderness and, and delicateness, and by the end, oh, it's so good to be together. Even though nothing's been solved, but we're here together to help each other hold, hold it all. So those are the, the refuges that are spoken of in the teachings. And before I move on to a few other comments, I wanted to share with you from the, the blessing chant, the sharing of blessings chant, just the last part of it. This is the Amravati blessing chant. We often chant this at Spirit Rock retreats. With mindfulness and wisdom, austerity or simplicity and vigor, may the forces of delusion not take hold, nor weaken my resolve. The Buddha is my excellent refuge, external and internal. Unsurpassed is the protection of the Dharma. The Sangha is my supreme support. Through the supreme power of all these, may darkness and delusion be dispelled. And then along with those three traditional refuges. There are others that I want to offer, just to remind you. Metta is a great protection. You know, it's it was given to protect ourselves from danger by the Buddha. And the more we can wish well to as many people as we can, as many living beings as we can, then we have a a field uh, that protects. Mm. And so I I hope that you're practicing kindness these days, if not loving kindness, practicing kindness as as your own refuge and helping awaken that in others for me my main practice is loving goodness and just looking looking out for goodness and letting it touch me another refuge is gratitude where things can be are can be really bad and there's there might be something to look for in our life, even the fact that we 're alive and breathing, that we can feel grateful for and gratitude opens up the heart it's so amazing how that works uh, this this week i in this in the middle of all of this uh, difficult time, I had the the good fortune of um, visiting Joanna Macy who, uh, who lives here in Berkeley um, and whose I've known for many years and um, and uh, we had just happened to have a a lunch date and it was the day after there was a five-day celebration of Joanna's work and that she was looking at online and she let herself see, oh my goodness, I've done some really good things. I said, yeah, go for it. She said, is that okay? I said, yeah, that's the Buddha's teaching, to feel the wholesomeness of your actions. And we just ended up in this gratitude field, and it was amazing, because we had talked about the the difficulties in the in the Mideast. Uh, in the earlier part of our time, but by the end of just remembering to, to tune into gratitude, which is what she teaches in her spiral of her work that connects. She says, you first feel gratitude and then you can begin to open up to the pain and the sorrow inside. And I say the same thing kind of in my... Awakening joy, where gratitude is the third step and the fourth step is opening up to all the difficulties. So it's really okay to feel all the blessings in your life. It's healthy. And it's really healthy to let yourself be nourished while you're going through difficult times. Don't feel guilty about it. On the contrary, let it nourish you, so then you can have a little bit more space as you open to the hard stuff. And the Dalai Lama is is such a beautiful uh, example of this. He can be um, laughing, and then somebody can tell him a story of some real tragedy, and he can be weeping, and then. 15 minutes he can be la- later he can be laughing again how does that happen he lets it all be experienced and move through and not get stuck on the contraction so as i end this i just want us to maybe reflect for a few moments <clears throat> where do you find your refuge These days, whatever you might be going through, where do you find your refuge? What supports you? What's the answer to, I think, the key question, what do I need right now as my heart is breaking or I'm feeling disoriented? what do I need right now? Get in touch with your own wisdom. What's your refuge? Okay, so we can open up now to questions, comments, observations, uh, sharing your own wisdom, and if you if you uh, if you're on the the Zoom call, uh, if you would go to the reactions box and uh, and hit the raise hand, uh, then I can uh, I can see you. Uh, even if your camera isn't on. Um, And here, in the monastery, let's have a conversation. Where do you find refuge these days? Or anything else that you want to bring up from the evening? let's let's see we'll try and see so there's a, a microphone here in the monastery and anybody have anything you want to share Phil, please. Yeah. Oh, put it. In, speak in the microphone. But but they might need to hear. Yeah. Hello. Can you can you hear him now? And is it any echoing? Is it okay? A little echoing. Hold on a second.
1: Uh, Bob, Bob. How is up. Mary it? had a little lamb. Is it okay?
0: So, so, yeah,
1: it's okay, okay, So, will um, try it. Should I go? Okay, yeah. so I want to confess that um, <clears throat> I am a very angry guy. I'm a very angry guy. And um, I, I'm very angry at my property manager.
0: Angry at your- My, my property manager. Your property manager, <clears throat> okay, so you have-
1: And um, it has to do with trees being cut down. But I won't say any more than that. Okay.
0: <clears throat> so there's anger there. The
1: anger. And um, I'm like consumed with it. and And it goes on hour after hour. Mm. And it's very ugly. Okay. And I was telling this friend of mine who lives in Marin about it. And he said, that's not very Buddhist. <laughs> and I said, no, it's got nothing to do with Buddhism. But I said, but... But every once in a while, I get to take a break, and I just think about my breathing. And I don't have to be angry for a few minutes. It's a tremendous relief, you know? So that is Buddhism. Yeah. And it, it does work. So um, I'm grateful that there is the idea of refuge. And I mean, this feeling is so onerous that I'm very humble. I mean, I just don't want to feel that way, mm-hmm. and I'm just really watching every thought I have an attitude and everything, just to try to keep it at bay. but um, So it forces me to be mindful, and I'm grateful that I can meditate and breathe, et cetera. So, mm-hmm. Thank you.
0: Yeah, thank you. Well, you know, like you say, um, when those moments that you're breathing, you're not caught in the anger, mm-hmm. ah, what a relief. Keep keep developing again, as many of those moments as you can. You know what the
1: mind does. You yeah, know.
0: <laughs> but every time you remember, instead, I mean there's two things you, that, that, that the practice does. One, when you're breathing and you're not caught in mm-hmm. the thoughts.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But two, when you are knowing that you're angry, to hold the anger with kindness. Mm-hmm. Because being angry is part of being human. Mm-hmm. And so rather than think that it's an obstacle to your practice, mm-hmm. it is your practice. It's the, it's the third foundation. The, the Buddha says one knows the mind filled with anger is simply the mind filled with anger. And there's a, hu- a humility in it, but there's Perhaps developing a relationship to the anger where you know, your project manager might be having a fine day, <laughs> but there you are stewing within yourself. So mm-hmm. you are the one that's benefiting by learning to hold, hold it with kindness. Just like there's a little kid inside that's having a tantrum. What do you tell that kid? Stop it kid! <laughs> Chill out. Mm-hmm. No, that's not going to do it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, he needs to be held. And so there's, there's the forward edge of your practice. Every time you realize, wow, I'm really angry right now. Oh, yeah. Little fill inside. Just needs some calming down. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. OK, I see Zoom user. Hi. <laughs> Uh, you've got your, uh, you've got your, um, I don't, I don't know what your name is, but if you can unmute. Um,
2: how do I do that? Yeah. Oh, put it, uh, yeah, that's okay. Great. I can hear you now. Oh, so I put this little yellow hand in, but I've no idea how I did it. I didn't mean to do it. So, (laughs)
0: I'm going to put you on here so I can mm. I can see you, uh, so everybody can see you and add the spotlight. <laughs> okay, here we are. Hi. Hi.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: okay.
2: So yeah, as I was, I didn't mean to put up the yellow hand. Actually. Oh, you didn't mean to. No, I didn't know how I did it. I've never used this before, so it's quite complicated, isn't oh, it? Oh, well, here you are. Yes, yeah, sir. So here I am. But I so was. So, what thinking, do you want to say? Well, actually. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything, but I do, it's, I've never really thought about what I take refuge in. Mm -hmm. I mean, specifically. So that's something, you know, to contemplate. Yeah. I said definitely need a refuge often. Mm -hmm.
0: What what do you, when you're dysregulated, what supports you? (laughs) Food. Okay. Nourishment, <laughs> like I said, yeah. Nourishment. And,
2: <laughs> <laughs> any, anything else that, uh, that, that you find? Oh, definitely. I mean, flowers, being in the garden. I love to be in the garden. It's being just in the garden. Mm-hmm. So rich and generous. <laughs> the garden is so generous. Okay,
0: so there you go. Doing something that's that's nourishing, that's that's a healthy activity, that's grounding, that's <laughs> not in your in your head. See, you have the wisdom in there. Uh, thank you. And what is your name? Zoom user? Helen. Helen. Hi, Helen. Helen. Thanks. Uh, okay, mm-hmm. it's it's almost uh, almost time, and uh, I'll just assume. Uh, unless uh, unless there's anybody else, yeah, it's just about time well i I really encourage you this week to keep this this word and this concept refuge in mind to see where you can go when you're feeling dysregulated and and as I said, the key, the key question to ask yourself is, what do I need? And just listen. Listen for the wisest response. What do I need right now? And, uh, and trust that. Take good care of yourself so you can um, calm yourself down and then you can be there for for the rest of us and for the world. So we can dedicate our time here together. Thank you for your kindness and attention and let yourself feel held in community. And may our coming here together, support ourselves and everyone in our lives. And may all the goodness that comes from our sharing this evening be shared with everyone in this world. The people in Israel who are very frightened and dysregulated now, the people in Gaza, Palestinians, who are going through great trauma, those in Ukraine and in other parts of the world, those not privileged and who are struggling. And all beings everywhere may all find true refuge and may they all share their love well. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.